Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man. He does not want you to look at him, and he saw some people looking at him. It's Richard Herring! Oh, man, you're much... You are genuinely... Um, you're much better than last week's audience. They were... Gen- I mean, they were. They were a load of pricks. Uh, so, uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, Richard Haynes' Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was talking to the four men who actually celebrate International Men's Day uh, the other day, and um, they're a good lot of guys. They, they call it Relistimus. I don't know if that's going to catch on. Oh, God, I've, been, I've had, a, I've had a, 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 a difficult week. Uh, my boiler's broken down again. I've been talking to the audience about this beforehand. They don't want to hear about it again. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I've, you know, I've been doing lots of loads of stuff today. I was up at five thirty this morning because I've got children and a boiler that doesn't work. It's not a nice combination. And um, and I, then I've come back into London to do some interviews, and it's so horrible here. Do you, who lives in London? Cheer! Yeah. No, you idiots. Uh, and uh, just I, I was unfortunate because I've been doing stuff all day to travel on the tube at Russia. I'd forgotten that man. It's such a bizarre. Thing. You just accept it once you, when you live here. You literally press, your face is pressed against another strange human being's face. And you think, it's, I just was so angry in this tube. And then I was leaving the tube and going down the corridor and people coming towards me, going the wrong, doing a shortcut into, down the wrong corridor. They know they're doing the, going the wrong way. They think they're doing a shortcut and there's people coming off the tube. I honestly think those people should be executed on the spot. I, I think, I genuinely think, I was thinking of this happening. It's so annoying. They've shown no regard for law and order themselves. If you're coming the wrong way down a corridor in the London Underground, anyone coming in the right direction is allowed to do anything they want to you. That is, that's 
anything. It's Hunger Games. <laughs> Just steal from you, assault you, whatever. And that's what I, I thought that would be more popular uh, here in London. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I've been li- just, I've had a week of, I mean, my, my, it's ridiculous living in the country, but I've had this kind of week of slapstick. We had a bird in the house that came down the chimney. I mean, that doesn't, at least that doesn't happen in London, does it? Because all the birds have died <laughs> flying over the toxic. <sighs> um, so I was flying around the house. I didn't realize how scared I was of birds uh, until there was a bird flying around my son's bedroom. Uh, I then managed to open the window and escaped. It wasn't stupid, but that was weird. And then I was, I was up in my office and I noticed that either my cat or that bird had knocked uh, a, a load of drawing pins onto the floor. Right? But I was in a rush and I thought, that's fine, I, I've noticed it, I'll tidy that up tomorrow. And I come up. <laughs> I come to... Then the next day, I had a camera says I had some stuff to do in the office and I was in a real hurry and I wasn't wearing any shoes. <laughs> and uh, I sat down at the desk and I felt this sharp pain. I went, ah! And then I moved my foot. Uh, and then I found another sharp pain. I looked at my foot and I had two drawing pins, one up to the hilt in the heel and one in there. And so I knelt down to take them off and then knelt on <laughs> some more. And then you know, I wondered, is slapstick funny if no one is there to see it? But apparently... <laughs> but my feet are so old. I'm such an old man. There's leathery. My feet are essentially dead. They die... The way you die is upwards. It just kind of works. So the bottom of my feet are dead. It barely hurt, I have to say. It did hurt a little bit, so there's still a little life left in me. That's just slowly, death creeps up you. And it comes here as well. It starts at the bottom and here. Those are the first two bits to go. Anyway, good, we're having fun. Uh, so um, that's the main thing. Because that's all we've got tonight. We're running on air. So uh, we're running on fumes, I mean. Right, let's go. Can't even uh, talk properly. Our guest tonight is probably best known and most impressively known, and I'm going to mainly talk about this from her appearance on Tipping Point, Lucky Stars. <laughs> Don't think I've had anyone on yet who's actually been on Tipping Point. <laughs> That's why we're here tonight, to talk about that. It's Catherine Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Catherine Ryan. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in. You've been here before. Do you like the uh, new chairs? We've got these. These weren't here before. Do you know what? I'd forgotten about the old chairs, but yeah. the backstage, I could go and get one and show it to you and <laughs> no. see if you. No, why? Why reminisce? Because the new chairs, the chairs we have now. Yeah. Let's move forward with the new chairs. Okay. Aren't we so lucky to have these chairs? They're pretty nice. Um, so let's talk about okay. tipping point. Do you know when you said that, I was like, no, I wasn't, and then yeah, no, I was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten about that and that was a very recent game show it was I don't know ITV daytime who's interested it was a good show it is a good show it was really addictive well I love Ben Shepard I've met Ben Shepard a couple of times Mm -hmm. he's very good he's a nice guy Uh, no scandals thus far no (laughs) and that's a big deal right now it's because he loves just coins coming down the shelves (laughs) so he's not interested in anything else other than that what was your tactic at playing uh, Tipping Point uh, I was on with a very clever um, former MP oh, called yes. John. Okay, yeah. I... And I, I know they're all called John, but I... <laughs> I, I can only think of John Smith, and I don't think it was him, <laughs> unless it's... That might answer the question, have you ever seen a ghost? I might take that one off. No. John. This guy was cool. I'd met him before, I feel, on Would I Lie to You? And I think he's okay. like... He... John Prescott. Maybe. Okay. Was he a sort of bluff northern fellow? No, he was bigger and like he'd done some like espionage, I, th- I think. Okay. 
I feel like he snuck into a consulate. I think he said that story. Okay. And I feel like on Would I Lie to You, it was one of the true stories. Okay. I don't know. Does anyone know who a John is? Anyway, he was great. It's who? John Major. John Major. <laughs> <laughs> he snuck into a consulate. No. If you're going to... Hey? Well, yeah. I didn't think I was going to be smarter than John Major, but <laughs> I beat him. And then the other guy was a footballer who's like, from Essex, yeah? And he's like, yeah. oh my God, I know the answer. But he never did. And I was like, I can beat him. <laughs> and then uh, I just wanted to win for my charity. And you know what's really weird about hip hop versus my life? <sighs> Is that when rappers are like, I'm going to buy my mama a house, everybody's like, you go there 50 cent, you know, they're encouraged. But I lost a bunch of money on another game show for a charity. And then I said, way back then, you know, I feel really badly for risking this money and losing it and I care a lot about the charity. So in my lifetime, I will try really hard to repay the money to the charity. And on Twitter, everyone was like, oh, you can go and fuck yourself. (laughs) You think you're going to have that much money in your lifetime, you greedy bitch and I was like I just I want to help and so um, (laughs) thanks to Tipping Point and some other you know charitable endeavors I have paid that charity back hooray you so I was happy yeah you showed those people on Twitter so in your fucking face Twitter (laughs) I'm about my mama house how how good were you at describing what you imagined the coins were going to do on each? Because that is my favourite bit of tipping point, is just him going, what do you think is going to happen? And go, let's wait and see. Well, it's literally five seconds. Should we just wait and see? I mean, I don't know. It's random. That's sort of the point. Do you know it's such a good show? Yeah, it is. It's gripping. They should call it gripping point. <laughs> but I feel like Ben Shepard, because that's his all day, every day, 24-7 gig. Well, it isn't. He has many others. But with that, he really knows. And I feel like he's messing with me. He was like, oh, yeah? What yeah. do you think that's going to do? I'm like, you already know, don't you? But I don't. I can only guess. But he's like a whisperer of tipping point. He knows. There, there, it's, was it revealed that there are people doing it? A it's man people, with a broom? It's, it's just people pushing him. Everyone... Uh-uh. I mean, the I ones in the arcades have, don't have people pushing them, do they? It's How like do a TV you have show. this intel? What do you know that I don't? You're your legacy accountant. accountant. <laughs> I mean, I didn't ask you because I thought you had insight. It was, it was revealed in the newspapers, I believe, unless it was you that told me. Oh, did you? And you just happen to be saying, the person I say, is that the case? Yeah, yeah, it is, Rich. I tweet, it's me, I tweet you, it's a secret. Is it a secret? No? Okay. Yeah, but the account- Well, you've dobbed him in. The accountant for Tipping Point is wrecked Tipping Point for the people who thought that ITV could afford a machine. Surely a machine... Everywhere else in the world is mechanising stuff and getting rid of people. Tipping Point going, ah, oh, just get a bloke with a broom. Push that. Yeah. Okay, there's a bloke in it. We... Is it like Windy Miller inside the... I mean, God, that's a reference. I'm surprised anyone got that. So don't, don't worry. Don't worry about that one, Catherine. I don't think you'll know. Do you know, do you know Windy Miller? He was, my child... he was one of my childhood heroes. I loved Windy Miller. Did you have Windy Miller in Canada? Is that a person's name? It's a ca- it's, well, he's not exactly a person. He's a small figurine, a figure... I used to enjoy figurines. Yeah, well, he's a, you know, he's a puppet. Okay, 
No, we didn't have him, but I like the sound of him. It was Trumpton and Chigley and Camberwick Green. Did they not make it across? His name was Windy and he lived in Trumpton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they may I have been having some fun I, with us. You liked him. Brian, was Brian, Brian Kant, was it Brian Kant narrated that? that he sadly passed on now. It's all, they, all, they all go eventually. From the feet up. That's how it works. It is, that is it. So, let's uh, talk about you. It's been a three and a half years. When last time you were on, I didn't have any external human children. No, I, I know. Had, I had one internal one last time you were on. That's <laughs> you how long it is. millions of internal children. <laughs> I do. I wouldn't say millions, not anymore. Uh, one no, or I two. Think, I think, guys, I don't really... I'm not au fait. Yeah. Unlike the entire life cycle of sperm. Yeah. I'm not interested in sperm or their journey but I think you have them forever and ever and ever and like a 90 year old man can have babies I think they, they, they you know they, the, the, the party becomes less well attended I think is the <laughs> is the and well, certainly get... I mean I, I I'm, you know I am very interested in sperm okay and my own sperm and I would say the consistency of it is not <laughs> not as gelatinous as it once was comes out just like a noodle <laughs> Sometimes more like a sort of dust, a dusty spray. Oh, just... <laughs> but if you're know, on a good day, like you know, a very small. Okay. And does and is okay. So for men, then, you know how men care about being bald or not, whereas women don't care if men are bald or not. Okay. Do men care about like? load size in the same way that we don't care <laughs> I think probably they do does it directly th- affect your ego I think um, probably again as, as with the uh, influx of pornography yep. that men become concerned about the size of their penises compared to the pornographer men yep. and sometimes women uh, and, uh, and also those guys can really shoot some stuff out I mean I think there's, there's someone with a little pastry thing in there <laughs> Shooting it in there, I think sometimes because that's just un- that is unnatural. Has he got, he got any friends who work? In that <laughs> is the account of that? Yeah, it's not real sperm. It's like a flowery paste they make. The accountant knows. He always knows. Um, what we say? How do we get onto this? Anyway, no, yeah, I didn't. We, it's a while since you've been on, and so in the time <laughs> in the time since you've been on, I've produced two children. You've done quite. Your career's gone done quite well. I'm not saying as a direct result of being on. I've been inspired by your um, virility. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're doing a lot of you, you know. You're almost ubiquitous. Oh. Yeah, but that's a good thing. I mean, it's good to get some women on panel shows. It'd be nice if they weren't all you. That's that's that's. that's, that's but it helps. It's a start. <laughs> it's a start. true. But. It's it's very good. You are extremely good on them, and nice. uh, and it, there's some, I was enjoying, and I talked. I, I bumped into you in a dressing room somewhere just after. Uh, How did you get so rich? Was on, which I oh. really enjoyed that series. I really enjoyed making. How did you get so rich? Thank you for saying that. Um, it was cool. So, did you see this show? This was good. you going around meeting lots of billionaires and asking them how they got so rich, basically. But yeah, it's an old show that John Rivers used to do in America, and then Channel Four chose to make it here, and they chose to make it with me. And then I purposely didn't rewatch any Joan Rivers ones because I didn't want to be, you know, like trying to act like her, mimicking her. And I think yeah. she was super tough, 
And I'm glad that she was and she needed to be. But with me, I was like, well, I am curious and friendly. So I think it's really easy to make fun of those people. But I I liked a lot of them. Like, I'm super pro-mafia now. (laughs) (laughs) I met this guy who made uh, more money for the mob since anyone uh, apart from Al Capone. And then he went to prison for like... A while, I don't know, 10 years, and then he had to pay the government back $20 million for this gasoline racketeering scheme. And when he explained it all to me, I was on his side. <laughs> and white-collar crime feels like a victimless one. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like governments, as we know, they have lots of uh, unintended victims. You know, when the U.S. is like, we tried to get them, and then they blow up a hospital. But the mafia... <laughs> The mafia don't do that. They only kill other mafioso, he promised me. And I like that. <laughs> I love that. I really liked him. And now he owns this dance studio. Right. <laughs> I thought there were some guys who were dicks on there, though. Just now. one. Yeah. Well, you were good with him because... You, oh, oh, you know. But, you know, you're good because you, you weren't rude to it. You weren't rude to him, but you undercut him, I think, in a really clever That's way. But, but, I, but I, well, I, I like the way, you know, you would... You, they were, wanted to impress you as well. That's, that was what was nice. And you let them, you sort of reeled them in and let them take the piss out of themselves, really, I think, whilst still being subtly... Well, is that right? I mean, is that fair? Me? Yeah. In some cases, I really didn't like one. And then I was just like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> let's just let him um, hang himself on this yeah. show. And then he did that. And then all the others, I really loved them. I really <laughs> get along with most people, I think. And I can disagree with people and still... Like, one of my best friends is a Tory. (laughs) So, you know, like, whatever. We're all different. I know. But um, (laughs) it's like, he's a really good dad, so... Yeah, good. Uh, Well, you talk about Joan Rivers, and, you know, you are compared to Joan Rivers a lot. I mean, partly, I think, just because there's a vaguely similar accent, even though it's not that... And I do love the glamour. Yes, I love that well, glamour. You know, I, you've, got a, you've got a vaguely similar style in that, you know, she, I mean, I think, and, and I, well, I think maybe the similarity of me is that off stage, mm. she was a very supportive and kind person to other acts, wasn't she? I think is the. I've heard that. Yeah. I've never met her. I had tickets to her um, Royal Albert Hall show and then she died. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of other people have met her and I really wish that I had but I, but I heard she was so nice yeah no I think I've heard that and that, that's what I hear about you ah, well people who are happy <laughs> are really nice it's yeah. really easy to be nice when you have everything you want sure <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean like I'm really happy I'm really grateful and happy like every single day I'm like oh, it's all still here you know like I'm really um, I don't know what like I feel lucky to be alive if that makes sense just every day I'm like <gasps> and like I'm a kid in a theme park I don't know I'm just really grateful and lucky and happy and I think I'm garbage so then all the things that happen in my life that are fun and my daughter's healthy and happy and I have these tiny dogs that shiver and piss from their eyes it's like I never wanted anything more than that so why would I be a dick <laughs> but plenty of people are and plenty of people kind of raise the drawbridge and you know and, and... I don't think they're very happy though no you know if you're happy then you're nice do you think uh, you work with Jimmy Carr uh huh do you think he's happy? Yeah. Yeah. You don't like him. I do. Like, I really love him, actually. But I, but he works so hard. I was thinking about him the other day, and I just think, like, he works every day mm-hmm. and makes a lot of money and doesn't pay any tax on any of it. He does. Uh, and, 
uh, he paid all of that back, and he doesn't do a song and dance about that, but he did. I'm joking. But, okay. he, but he, he's got a lot. He's got more money than anyone could ever spend. I think he could spend it. <laughs> I just sort of, you know, I wonder why he works as... I mean, you know, he loves the job and he loves the comedy. <gasps> yeah, because we're so lucky because this is his job. So, yeah. of course, he does it as often as he can. I love him. I yeah. think he's an incredible man. He's always so nice to me. I love his partner. I love their dogs. I really judge people based on their dogs. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he's, like, smart and generous, and I love how hard he works. And anytime I think... Well, I really just want to like sit at home and eat cheese. Then I'm like, nope, you can't do that. We're so lucky, and I think it's it's like a foundation of gratitude. And then he works a lot because he loves it, yeah. and people come to see him, and that's such a privilege that people come to see you on purpose. So he does that, and then he parties. He, you know, yeah, I'm always enjoying it. That's all I'm saying. Just I, I hope he he's finding some time to spend some of the money. Do you hope that? I do hope so. I, do, I generally do. I do. I generally do like him. I mean, no, I know him and I'm friends with him. And you know, yeah. I don't get invited to his posh party. I'm <laughs> good a friend. What? Uh, well, no, I mean, why wouldn't he be happy? Are you happy? I am happy. Yeah. yeah. With the little that I have. <laughs> you have a lot. You're so talented, and you have this beautiful family, and you're married to one of the best women that there is. That is true, and but you know. <laughs> There's got to be better, though, right? There's still got to be better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reel her along for a little bit longer and then see how it goes. I'm so incredibly lucky. Like, a, I met her when I was still just a little bit attractive. And then the, You're minute, very attractive. Then the minute we started dating, <laughs> look at me. And she's stuck with this. There's no way out, as I understand it. In the, current, in the current laws, I'm allowed to divorce her, she's not allowed to divorce me. You're There's no attractive. way anyone else would be interested in this. That's not true. You're attractive. What? In spite of your, like, powdered sperm, you're attractive. <laughs> Some people like that. Yeah. Some people like that. Yeah. And they, they, you know. It's easier to transport long distances, because you can then you can just add the water at the other end. So yeah. it's very efficient. I think it's easy to compare yourself to other people and to be like, but you really have to get out of that and just be, I'm not religious, but then maybe in a weird like roundabout way I am because I think if you are just grateful, if you wake up every day and you're just instantly grateful, you'll be so happy and you won't even be cross. Things have happened to me that should make someone cross sometimes and then I'm like, meh, and then I'm just, I, I mean this and I always talk about this, it sounds really wanky because it is but um, like it really helps and then you don't have room to be angry or feel jealous or upset or like anything bad has happened to you no sure I mean I think you, that it's very it's, you know it took me a long time to realise that certainly when, when I wasn't your age I hadn't realised that so um, yeah that is it is very true um, uh, let me ask, I'm going to ask you some of my new emergency questions one of which we've nearly alluded to well it's oh. not quite newish ones I got bored of doing the other ones and some of them are going okay. to be old ones um if you had to have sex with a right-wing politician or someone who was a Tory or right-wing, if you had to, which Tory right-wing politician would you have sex Jacob with? Jacob rees and I would hate fuck him to <laughs> Good. And I'd abort his baby as well. <laughs> And I'd be so grateful. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, here's here's another. Here's a here, that was good. I'll ask you another. She's new, so nice. 
nice. She's just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, I mean, this could be interesting. This is a new question. What did you abhor as a child? Yeah, get me. <laughs> that you now like. I used to, I'll t- I'll tell, while you're thinking, I'll tell you why I came up with this question. I used to, and I think I might mention this before, but anyway, I used to go to Western Supermare to shop. That was the nearest big town when I was a kid. And there was a coffee shop on Western Supermare High Street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they ground coffee and sold it to people. And the smell, I had to run all, all the way up the street past the, that shop because I couldn't abide the smell. And now coffee is my favourite thing. Oh, I don't remember any smells from childhood. Uh, I, I remember some smells from childhood. I did some, I did some, I did some good ones. We were talking about this backstage. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't have to be a smell. It can be something you didn't like eating. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, maybe it's a terrible question, but... No, it's a cool question. It's a good it's question. Cool. Because we do it. change and, you know, you're... Um, we, they say every seven years all your cells are different. Yeah. You've yeah. got a different skeleton than you had seven years ago. Do you know that? Yeah. The skeleton is completely different. Everything. Yeah. Everything's different. I love that fact. Um, I Not I, your brain cells, though, right? They stay, David? No. They change as well or they stay? They stay. No, you've they only, don't. You've only got so many brains. <laughs> David's a nuclear physicist. He knows about this sort of stuff. You are? Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Do you watch Big Bang Theory? Do you like it? <laughs> It's a bit of a busman's holiday for you, isn't it? That's uh, that's sort of just what your life is. There's a woman living across the corridor. She's out of your league, but for some reason she's married you. Uh, No, children love that show. I think they like to know what to expect. And with really defined characters, like in in, stereotypes, they they try to make fun of nerds. And I don't like that, David. But my daughter watches that show, too. She would love to meet you. She really wants to be a nuclear physicist. Which can come in, you know. You see how they rebel? I think he's... uh, (laughs) Most of the blokes in the front row, I wouldn't advise bringing to meet your daughter. But I think David's probably all right. I mean, I mean, just look. But, um... Um, I hate it. It's good that they're here, is what I'm saying. It's good that they're here. They're not out creating a nuisance of themselves. Do you know my favorite is this beautiful lady who's got like a really festive rosé. <laughs> Am I allowed a wine? Is it too late? Am well, I no, allowed? So then this really wine. feels like a date. Can I please have a red, a night wine, as my daughter calls it? <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "Mommy, would you like a day wine or a night wine?" Because <laughs> she thinks white wines for the day and reds for the night. She's not wrong. Um, <laughs> Am I allowed? That's really yes, kind of, of you. This is like so exciting for me to be here, Richard, because I feel like, like I never get to, I don't know. I get to go out, but I'm the only one who talks <laughs> if I'm on tour. But yeah. this is us both talking. It's really it fun. It is both talking. And David's here. David's here. We can have a chat with them. It's nice. But well, that's what I feel as well. I don't really go out of the house now. That was really excited. Yeah, apart from to work. Yeah, so it's nice, it's, nice to, uh, it's nice to be here. I abhorred as a child... Yeah. Ireland. Okay. Now I love it. <laughs> there you go. You got, you're partly Irish. Your no, I'm Irish. Irish. Yeah. My dad's from Cork and he only moved to Canada before I was born. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to go on Who Do You Think You Are? Though I don't think I'm important enough to be asked. But oh, I think you are. No. I think that's the only reason I'd like to be on TV again is so I can do that show. Generally. Oh, but you know, I think we can get a geneticist yeah. to like <laughs> dig it up because my dad's super Irish, too Irish, like... Not that it's bad to be Irish, but it's bad to be, like, very concentrated. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, no, I, I love Ireland. So uh, I no, I love Ireland, but, like, I think it's really beautiful how... Thanks! Hey. And I know you asked me before, and I was like, no, thank you, but 
I was trying to be good, and then I just big round of applause for that guy. Thank He's the wine. He's the night wine. Yeah, He's the yeah. night wine manager. Um, uh, I I think it's really beautiful that if you do those genetic tests, like Twenty Three and Me, for example, who sponsor this podcast? No, they don't. Um, or MyHeritage.com, uh, then your ancestry. It, through thousands of years, like moved across the earth, yeah, and yeah. that—that's what really puts racists in their place. I like it. I agree. Yeah, because I did. I did. I, my one of my Christmas presents, and I haven't properly looked at it. I just opened it when I was uh, last weekend, and I've been so busy. So I've done this. Yeah. You take your cheek. Yeah, swap, yeah, yeah. Send it off. Uh, they, the, the first statistic is back ten generations. I'm ninety-seven point eight percent British and Irish, <laughs> <laughs> which I just can't believe. So like, I've got it's yeah. all. North of England, Wales, not, not even Wales, well, I've got some Welsh family, but they're obviously not, they must have moved in there. Ireland, which is where my mother's family are from. Yeah. And then 2.3% from Northern Italy. So me too, so me exactly that. Really? Yeah. And then that's apparently bad news. Right. Because we don't have like any, you know, strong Mongolian or, you know, we need other things yeah. to make us survive. Sure. And so you and I are like, should be throwing shit at a wall in Britain. Yeah. Well, I did it in my Hitler Mustache show. I did a big thing about how you won't, in Britain, you won't find people, you know, everyone goes, we're indigenously Britain, you know, we're British, Britain for the British. And they're not. And then you go, right, all your grandparents are British, they stay, I get everyone to stand up and put their hand up and say, if, you're all your, if you're all your grandparents are uh, British, stay standing up, if all your great grandparents, if you know, if great. And then by the time you get to great grandparents, it's like, Ten uh, percent of people yeah. can even go back that far, but I can go back ten generations, Same. and I've got I've got one bloody Italian bloke who's turned up on a and ship. And Northern in the Italian school. people were. <laughs> Northern Italian people were blonde too, and right. I've got the exact same. That's very uh, creepy. Okay. We should compare. We should, and the, well, and then you can look at your the whole you yeah. know, mitochondrial thing. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really take it all in. There was a lot to take in, but my, I think part of my my dad's one was from the Middle East. My mum's one was a bit more varied than that. See, mine's not even that interesting. No. But then my mum... They my must da- have come from somewhere before they came from Britain. No, well, we all came <laughs> from this one woman in Africa, yeah. right? But um, it's true. Uh, but uh, my dad's Irish, 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 like Cork Tipperary. We knew that. And when we visited when we were little, they had this, like, fear. We weren't allowed outside, basically. They were like, no, uh, it's dangerous. And Cork, when my dad was growing up without shoes, was really dangerous, but now it's not. And Gotta now, watch out for drawing pins. <laughs> yeah. And so now we go back, and I love Ireland. Yeah. And I wasn't really allowed to, like, explore when I was a kid. Sure. But then my mom, just out of the woodwork, was like, oh, my family is English. I was like, what, they are? She goes, yeah, yeah, your grandmother's surname was Claridge, and you're very, very English. I was like, why the fuck are you telling me this now? <laughs> like, I've lived here for ten years. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're really English. So I want to know now. Yeah. Well, you can definitely get on that show. No. After they see you on this, they'll put you on. Okay. Please put me on. They don't. They don't. I don't want. They're not. I've just done it myself. Let's I've, both go on because we're probably brothers. Yeah. <laughs> we can be. We can be. Just, I have to do it myself. I've done. Who do I think I am? That's why I've done. That's my. That's my joke. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Good question, wasn't it? Good question. What, what did you abhor as a child? It's the abhor that makes it a good question. Um, what is the strangest place that a cat has licked you? <laughs> it's deliberately ambiguous. You can take that. I enjoy a cat lick. Do you? It's very rough. It is. You know, it's not wet lick. That's it's true. like a real, you know, nice brushing. Yeah. Um, nowhere weird. No. Uh, my cat. I have a cat. Yeah. You have a cat. I've got a cat. 
Just like, I'm allergic to cats, but I got one because my daughter, like if you know an eight-year-old girl or you own an eight-year-old girl, just get them a kitten because like that's all they want is just like, oh my God, Emma. And I just thought, you know, I like to do a lot of hero moves. Yeah. So my daughter has a pony as well. I'm out of hero moves. (laughs) But um, our cat is a really good cat. He's called Sarah Pascoe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah famously he's been in Marie Claire magazine and um, my daughter was just like I know I'll name him mommy I love him so much I'll call him Sarah Pascoe because that's her favorite person in the whole world yeah, I thought that was really lovely and um, it's a good cat he thinks he's a dog and he's like chill and yeah. walks with us when we walk all the dogs and he's cool I don't think my cat has ever licked me what I don't think it's, an, it's not it's, a, it's very uh, standoffish Smithers um, I had one called Lino, but then she sadly passed away, passed on to the Sorry. other side. It was, they were brother and sister, and Lino was getting a little bit affectionate, and then I killed her. No, then she died. <laughs> <laughs> Smith has learned from that and keep, keeps away from me. Uh, it's no, like a James Bond movie. Well, Smithers is a really James Bond, he's a big, white, really fl- fluffy Persian cat, right. but he's deaf, and that's why he doesn't lick me. Maybe if you smear some. I was thinking this today. How come cats, like domestic cats, all their food is sort of tuna or salmon? It's like fish-based. Yeah. But tigers eat, like, antelope. Yeah. So why, when did they get aquatic? It's <laughs> a good question. They really don't like water, so... Right? That, yeah, that's true. That's a very... You add that to the no. next time. <laughs> I'm going to ask that. My... David? If you want to get a cat to lick you, my cat Oscar, who I had when I was a child, loved Marmite. So you could put, if you put Marmite on anything, it would lick it. Half cats would lick it. Okay. I just put it on my finger. I'm not weird. Um, so um, <laughs> I mean, go, we'll go one more next question. Then there's a lot of things that have happened since 2014 I want to ask you about. Um, have you ever improvised a condom? <laughs> this is why your podcast is so compelling. and gets so many viewers. <laughs> because no one's asked me this before. <laughs> And I am controversially not a user of any birth control or condoms. Wow. And I've only had one child. <laughs> but um, I think, like, I'm a serial monogamist, yeah. and I've gotten into fights about this before. And it's not, you know, I understand that we're taught from when we're small that you should use a condom, you should be on birth control. I don't like the taking of any hormones. I don't think that's cool with me. And then also I think, like, why are you having sex with someone? Why are you letting them into your house and body? But then you're like, but I don't trust that you don't have chlamydia. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't like that. It doesn't yeah. stack up for me, I, and I don't have sex with strangers. No. So then sometimes I've had boyfriends that so, are like... Someone tutted in the audience there. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Well, I've wasted fifteen pound fifty coming here. <laughs> like I've never, I've never. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I will try it, but I just out of politeness to my audience. Your mouth can't get pregnant, but. <laughs> I've sucks this. Yeah. No, but I um I don't I don't like it. It makes me feel weird about it. Like I don't want to have sex with a condom. I'm very like uh standoffish, but like once you're in you're in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, guys. So, good good emergency question. But basically, but the thing is, I don't know what I'm going to teach my daughter about it because I think you definitely shouldn't be like raw dogging around town. However, yeah, but I mean, however much you, however much you think you trust your partner, you did a whole show about this subject, didn't you? The, no, I didn't. About you did a show. Well, you did a show. No, about about uh, infidelity. You had a partner that was. Oh, and it's amazing that I'm alive after yeah. dating him. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. Uh, but if it's who I think it is. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, so you don't know. However much you love someone, they may be cheating on you. They may, you know, yeah. may be dragging something in. No, I totally rolled the dice with him, didn't I? Hmm. So okay. in that show, you did so, a show that you talked about this, where you discovered a photo of... Uh, Model yeah, this phone. guy was cheating on me. I have to be careful now because people sue yeah, people. Yeah, well, I was going to talk. I was going to. I was actually asking that not because I want the details, but because I'll give you the details. I don't okay, care. Give the it details. Out, I'll tell you backstage. Is she okay? So I always I'm careful in my shows. So I just always have to say he's a Korean businessman, <laughs> and then I can say anything I want. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> so this Korean businessman that I was dating, um, <laughs> he, uh, he was cheating on me with a load of people, but I didn't... Um, know it for a while and then there were definitely clues like I should have known you should have told me people nobody told me but um, I'm not a shoot the messenger type of person but anyway and then I found these photos in his phone of like a lady who was nude and then he spun this story about like I was just googling naked selfies and I'm like show me the website then don't fuck with me at all. I was like, show me the website. And he's like, well, was cheating on you. They're so stupid. And I'm like, okay, well. And then um, he fell asleep. Rookie mistake. <laughs> and then I looked in his phone and I found this girl's number. And I rang her. And I was so nice to her because it's not her fault. I was just like, oh, I found naked pictures of you in my partner's phone. And I want to know how they got there. And she's like, oh, my God, it's vibes. Oh my God, I feel well bad, yeah? All right, I tell you everything, right? So, like, 
I met him one night in London, right? And we was talking. And then one night, he texts me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. And it goes on and on. And then that's how she talked. And then um, he, for some reason, was like, oh, she was a model. But I saw the photos. And I'm like, I get magazines. And I'm like, that's not what a model looks like. And then... <laughs> like he wanted to still retain some like that was a fashion model and I was like that was a hooker and she was a hooker but um she was a nice girl and he was he another comedian was there and I'll tell you who it was later but he told me the full story later on anyway rah 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 I should definitely have caught something from him but I didn't yeah so Whatever. Yeah, and so, well, you did a show where you, t- where you talked about this. <laughs> yeah. And, there, and well, there's, as, we're ta- as uh, this recording's being done, there's a new story about another comedian who's yes. talked about her ex-husband, possibly. I mean, there, there are not many details, and I don't think we want to know the details, but it's sort of interesting. Her, her ex-husband is, or mm. possibly even her husband, they, I don't know if they're divorced, uh, is suing her because she defamed him or was rude about him in the show, which is an odd thing. So, like, Sarah Millican, for example, did a whole... That was her breakthrough yeah. show, was about uh, divorcing her husband and how that was a positive thing. Um, it's a weird thing if you're not allowed to use... I mean, you are, are you careful to yeah, well, disguise? This is the thing. It's tricky because on the last podcast that we did, yes. I was a little bit, like, liberal with my chat, and then I had to go back and Richard very, very kindly always a gentleman, edited something out for me because I just wasn't careful. Like, there's a time in your career where no one's listening to you and then all of a sudden people are listening to you and then you have something to lose and they might be scorned or whatever and then they'll come after you. So um, I think it's fair that you have to protect the people in your life. I mean, I talk a lot about my life. I talk about exes. I talk about current partners. I talk about my child. I talk about my life. But I think it's our job to tell a central truth and then decorate it with little lies you know so you can't really be showing a photo of someone or be saying their name you can't do that and you know it's a tricky situation because my daughter one day will know if I'm ever saying anything about her dad or people in or her or people in her life so there are certain people in my life that I always protect and I don't ever really reveal too much about and I think it's fair enough to say that it's your responsibility to like you know protect some personal details of someone because they have to go on and live their lives. Yeah. I, for example, never show photos of my daughter on social media or anything else because, I mean, you know, she wants to be a <laughs> neurological physicist and she like, she might not subscribe to what it is that I do. So I, I am mindful about protecting people, not just like in a litigious sense, but I just think Whatever, it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's that's the the case. You know, like, and I write, I I write a lot of stuff about what my life and what's yeah. going on. And I'm very careful in my blog to never really mention anyone. You know, I, I, for a long time, I wouldn't even put my wife's name in the blog. Yeah. And then I, when I was writing newspaper articles, I wasn't putting a name in, in it. And then when I, when I announced we're getting married, someone, you know, other then suddenly people are interested because you're not mentioning mm-hmm. stuff. So they're going, oh, why is he not mentioning the, you know, why is he not mentioning the name of his wife in the paper? You're going, well, because no, it doesn't make any difference. You don't know who she is. So <laughs> giving a name doesn't give you any information. But then he named, you know, then he named her anyway. So it's... Well, so if you create that, you know, people want people, you know, if you create a mystery, people want to know the answer as well. So it's a it's a difficult uh, line to judge. But yeah, you, you're trying. I think for me, comedy is funny when it's a you know, if it's about me. So if it's a story about me, I don't mind yeah. making myself look stupid. But you don't want to do that around 
other people necessarily yeah no and like the kind of comedy that i really gravitate toward and that i enjoy is when i feel like a best friend is telling me a secret i love amy schumer and i think whenever she speaks she feels like a friend who's telling me something i think there's something about her she's very talented obviously very deserving of all her success but there's something extra that makes me really want to listen to her you know, we go, oh, why her? Or why him? Or why? There's something that I love about listening to her. And I think she's telling me the truth. And even if she's decorating that truth with little lies so that she's protecting people, I feel that I'm being told the truth. So I always try to tell like a central truth. Yeah. And I think you do that too. And then you yeah. can protect, you know, Kate <laughs> and the people in your life. <laughs> she won't mind. She won't mind. She's cool. And that's why it's good to date comics because they get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But then, I mean, the the danger is, and you're you're dating a comic as well, and Am uh, I? Uh, and uh, he's a, the, another Korean businessman. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, but it's. It, it, you, I mean, because Kate doesn't really do stand up very much anymore, but she does a little. But she sort of wants to get back into it. Yeah, and then she's really talented. She's really she's great so stand up. I mean, I sort of, that's what I fell in love with her seeing her do stand up. You know, and she's great. But then Keep there's knocking a, her up. Then there's a, then very you know, within within six, <laughs> within six years of seeing that set, I decided to impregnate her. Uh, and uh, but you know, then do you do you, do you fight over the jokes at all? I mean, we don't we don't really. There's occasional you know in a story when something happens, we both think that would be possible material. But we sort of don't speak about <laughs> real issues, and then he'll come and see me on tour and be like oh, I didn't know that bothered you. Like, he gets what I'm saying, even if I'm disguising the thing yeah. that I'm talking about. He's like, ow, I didn't see. And I'm like, well, oh, well. I think when I speak about things, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about or what I'm talking about. But on a greater sense, it's just yeah. I think we're meant to hold a mirror up and have the people who come to listen to us see something of themselves. It's not really about us anyway. In fact, everything I say about Katie is all about how our, our marriage is going very badly and how, oh. I to, how I want to move on from it, which is, you know, I hope people understand isn't true. <laughs> Just not true. Uh, so <laughs> it's not, you know, but I hope, I think, I think people hopefully get that, you know, that's the joke, isn't it? That I'm incredibly lucky to be. Uh, you are an answer smart, they'll get it for I'm sure. Incredibly lucky. Uh, and uh, you've done you've done a Netflix special, like an official Netflix special, which my wife saw you filming, by the way. Oh yeah, she was there. Um, that was kind yeah, of she loved come. it. Uh, and uh, the only only you and is only you and Jimmy that the, the UK based comics that have. Uh, there that might have be done. more now, but at yeah. the time I was, it was just Jimmy and myself who yeah. had done. Yeah, it's very exciting. It was exciting. <laughs> um, I liked the joke about. Um, yeah, whether you would become Jewish if you married your yeah. partner. Yeah, oh, that's kind of you say. Uh, Some people don't get it, right? <laughs> Some people are like, I've had, well, you get into trouble sometimes, but again, like, well, it's hard to explain if they don't know. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it. I don't know. I don't watch know. watch the Netflix like, special. It's only I'm not going to like do months. the joke. Yeah. No, don't, you don't have to do the joke. I'm just, I'm just uh, proving it. That's kind of you to like that joke. Five Thank you. That means you're really uh, <laughs> He watched the trailer. <laughs> um, did you postpone gig? There was a snowstorm this week as we're recording. Mm. Did, you postpone, did you have to postpone your gig? Yes, I did. You're on tour at the moment. Mm-hmm. With, I was um, your latest show, the name of which I know off by heart okay. is Glitter Room. Yeah. 
Just looked at it on there. Thank you. Uh, and um, I've never cancelled, I don't think I've ever cancelled a, a proper gig. I've cancelled one when I was ill, I cancelled a preview, but only because Katie convinced me I would, you know, make, I was going to say impregnate uh, the audience, but I would, I would make the audience ill as well because I had the norovirus. Ooh. So Katie said, you can't do that gig. Yeah. Uh, but I was ready to go and do it. But I, yeah, I had to cancel two gigs in Bath and uh, Dartmouth. Okay. Where, where were you? Do you, you feel bad about cancelling gigs or were you okay about it? No, I didn't feel badly because it was Southend and Cardiff and Reading and I wanted to go, but a lot of the people, we're very lucky to have Twitter now and you can, you know, comedy is a conversation. I like that it's now a two-sided conversation and there are people saying like, my town road is closed or this train's not running and yeah. they don't want to waste a ticket that for a night out that they've booked and... I think you'd be endangering more people than yourself. Like, I'm Canadian. I could have got there on Mooseback. But there are people, (laughs) there are other people who would have been really inconvenienced or would be taking needless risks. So it's just better to reschedule. And we were lucky. We got it rescheduled all for next month. So it's soon. Do you find that people, if you do the gig, the people who can't get there complain? Hmm. And if you don't do the gig, people complain? I saw other comedians saying they were getting a hard time on social media Uh, because they'd done the gig. Oh. And I'd heard people saying they got a hard time for not doing the gig. I didn't get a hard time at all. No, okay. No, it was good. I mean, once again, I think the mute button was specifically designed for women. <laughs> and um, I've been muting like meh, 10 people a week for yeah. the last year. And all of a sudden, I just don't get any shit at all, ever. <laughs> you got them all. You've got, it's like capturing yeah, all the Pokemon. Yeah, I got them. And my life, you know, my Twitter's <laughs> nice. Everybody's nice to me. They're yeah. like, good Good call, Catherine. Really good idea to cancel it. It was fine. Good. <laughs> I have a feeling, and I may be wrong, and I'm not a, a, a female on television, so it's probably... I have a feeling things have got a little bit nicer again on social yeah. media. But also... We may have been through the worst of it. Yeah, and I'm not condoning any abuse, certainly. No. And I don't think trolling is a good idea either. But I've always been really peaceful about people who don't like me. They're absolutely entitled not to like me or to disagree with me. And I think that's balance. I really like it when people yeah. are like, you fat, ugly whore. I'm like, fun. You know, there are people who think the opposite, so it's cool. So if everybody likes you, then that's weird. And if everybody dislikes you, that's probably really tough. But I think um, uh, I don't like everything. There are certain things that I know are brilliant but just aren't for me. Books. (laughs) Generally books. No, I mean, I love that we all like different things. Yeah, of course. And my mom used to say if we all liked the same thing, we'd all be married to your father. It's interesting. I mean, you you have you have a very right. It's yeah. so important. <laughs> you have a very healthy perspective, which I think a, a lot of it's hard to think for us younger comedians, especially. But comedians, a lot of comedians just can't take any negative criticism at all. You know, so uh, no, I really like it. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I mean, I search it out for, for really. Even I, that didn't hurt my feelings that, at all. That's, <laughs> <laughs> But I've, I, search, I, I, I search for myself on Twitter. No, don't do that. I know it's fine because you get you get, it's it's a, it's a it's a filter. You, otherwise, you're filtered, and it's not a vanity thing because you just get horrible things. But like today or this week, I think it was today. Uh, someone I, I searched for myself, and someone said, "Yeah, Richard Herring gave me shit and said I was you know gave me shit about this." Is tweeting to Richard Osman, and 
I'd made a joke and was saying, get really, told me, called me a shit and did this and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I Googled my Twitter handle with their Twitter handle and, they, and what happened is they'd said, made some sarcastic comment and I'd said, I think you've misread the tone of that tweet. Oh. <laughs> so it was quite a helpful thing. And so then I tweeted her back and then that freaked her out. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> I thought you said you'd had a busy day today. I did. <laughs> I'm on Twitter having a go at trolls who aren't even trolling me. Who <laughs> are secretly trolling me. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's a reality thing. I, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to see. So I think exactly what you're talking about, if you just, if you block out all the negative stuff, then you might start to believe everyone loved you. And I just find it quite funny when I've annoyed people, to be honest. Yeah, but I don't mind. Uh, there's a specific it's a type it's of, a, like... There's some nasty stuff. I just it. don't... It's not that I block or no platform people. They still have a Twitter account. I haven't blocked them or no. reported them. Blocking someone is an interaction. They actually really like that. Yeah. But if you meet them, you just don't have to. Like, you can walk through life and just not really pay attention to the things which don't matter. You really can. Yeah. And then you can just, like, be happy all the time. Okay, I'll try that. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to like communicate joy, like pure joy to people, and then I'm going to give it to them. Because it's really fun. But, you know, you are very successful, so people would say, is it easier to be happy when everything's going your way? Yeah, no, but I learned to be like this when I had nothing. When I first moved to this country, I was 22, and I was with a partner. It didn't work out, but when it stopped working out, I was genuinely like Victorian poor with an infant and I couldn't go back to Canada where everyone who loved me was and I didn't have any money and I didn't have any freedom and I didn't know how I was going to get out of this relationship and then facilitate like a positive family on my own and it was then it was at my lowest point that I was like okay what do I have though and I was like she's fine she's healthy she's perfect, she's alive, then I'm young, I have mental health, like everything's going to be okay. And then I worked from there, and it genuinely is because of that, like crying on the bathroom floor, that I have the things that I have now because I was so blessed, like so grateful and so positive when I had nothing. And that's why I keep trying to tell people, like I am from like, my school was like a meth lab without the science, you know, like... (laughs) I shouldn't have anything at all. Like, I shouldn't. And then it was just because I was so grateful of the things that I had that I started to attract more things. Mm -hmm. And I worked really hard, and I was always positive and grateful. And that's, like, just, you know, and I don't mean to be flippant. People have problems, and sometimes that doesn't work maybe, but, like, it can do a lot for you. Sure. And I think, well, the the drive behind that is very important. But And and, and I think, you know, you, you do... It's interesting. Some people will just sit and complain about unfairness mm. in the world, mm-hmm. and and some people, you know, and I think you do a lot of uh, of, of positive stuff in in terms of complaining about the unfair things. Well, in the world. yeah, but so you aren't. still do that, but then you also have to go and do the stuff. You know, the, the way to turn around the injustices in the world. But I'm privileged. Even then, I knew I was privileged. Yeah. I was like, stop that, Catherine. You're the most privileged person in the world. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, but you just, you know, you can complain about stuff, which you should do, but also you, if you do stuff, if you are active and proactive and yeah. do things, then that will change things as well. Right. So, you know, you are, you're sort of one of the first female UK-based comedians to really break through in, in that, you know, 10 years ago, 
people could have said, oh, well, where are the funny women on TV? And it would have been hard to find them. And now, partly because mm. of you and, you know, and uh, this great... There is a great generation of really... I think where the female comedians are the better comedians and they're getting work, still not enough work, and they're still not represented properly. But, you know, it's much better than it was. Yeah, it's moving in the right direction. People of colour and all types yeah, of, of course, like, yeah. people, special... It's all changing yeah. for the better. I've always been peaceful about that, but yeah. yeah. And you've been really good fighting people who think that there's no International Men's Day. <laughs> and I'm I, grateful to you. And I sometimes have women on this, so, you know... <laughs> Sometimes. Am I a woman anymore? <laughs> Am I? I think so. <laughs> you studied city planning at the University of Toronto. I'd like to mainly talk yeah. about what that is. So, How do you plan a city? What is the first thing you... When you're planning a city, what's the first thing you put in? I used to love SimCity. Yeah. yeah. Is it the same as that? It's like that in a way. So, um... That you don't think really when you live in a city about where the hospital goes and why and then how many trees are in the park and how come that's over there. And really it's a lot of admin and a lot of like signing permits for people to put a three-foot extension on their porch. But <laughs> I, uh, I studied that because I was academic when I was in high school and I didn't think that I would be an artist of any kind. I mean, I'm still not. But I was like, oh, well, what will I do? And then I wanted to move out of my really small town. And they had this program in Toronto, which is like the London of Canada, um, (laughs) at city planning at Ryerson University, this university right downtown. And I was like, well, I want to live in a city. So what can I take there? And I applied to journalism and I didn't get in. Uh, And then... I was like, well, I'll take city planning then. And I really liked it. It was cool. You learned about like sewage systems and things. And it was a, very, a lot of admin. And I knew it would be a super like, <laughs> I know, tedious Sim City life. was the hard game. <laughs> yeah. so, so it took a lot. Not like Civilization. That, that's, I play Civilization 2. It's the only game I really play. Yeah. Uh, and I like to get it to the stage where everything's... I've defeated everyone and then I just carry on making things nicer for everyone. <laughs> You and then I just, that's the bit I enjoy the most after you've got through everything and then just keep on going into the future. Yeah. Making sure all the cities have everything they can possibly have. That's so nice. You have to keep on irrigating and re-tilling the land to make it keeps on going, <laughs> going off. You would have been a good city planner. And it's just like having a, it's like having a job. It's like what I imagine. I'm, it's sort of like having a job where I'm God. Yeah. But it's what I imagine having a job would be like. I don't think these people are God. I think they really have to deal with a lot of paperwork. (laughs) But I learned a valuable lesson that I never forgot. And then I I stopped going to school because I was working at Hooters. And then I was like, well, if I do the lunch shift at Hooters, I earn money. But if I go to school, I don't earn any money. So (laughs) I'll just work at Hooters all day and then I'll go to school and write the exams. And I was pretty good at just winging it and getting a good mark on the exams. But then attendance counted for something. And then the professor got crossed that I never went. And then he failed me this one class. And I thought, no problem. I can talk my way out of this. And back then, I really thought that I could. It was the confidence that Hooters brings. And then... (laughs) I went into his office and I was like, Professor, I think like this is why I didn't attend and I think I should pass. And I watched him and he had no interest in what I was saying. He was eating a sandwich. And I thought, whoa, like eating is a power move. <laughs> and it was such a power move. And then I saw Obama did it one time. 
he was eating something. And I, I really, moving forward in my life, I've thought, oh my gosh, if you're in any negotiation like situation and the other person's eating, then you've lost. Because <laughs> that it's such a power move. And if you need something from someone and they're like, meh, 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 just like eat something. And then they'll go, oh my God, that's the boss, the person eating. <laughs> and he failed me. He was like, now you failed. And I was like, oh. I work at Hooters because I was so used to just getting my way. But this man just with his sandwich was not into it. Are you writing a, a drama or a sitcom about Hooters? Is that I read somewhere? No, I was for a while and then people didn't want to make it. <laughs> but I'm doing other things. Yeah. So because you've, you've done a lot of acting actually. I saw, we saw you in. Um, we were catching up on campus. Oh, God. It's on Netflix, I think. Campus was great to work on on Sarah Pascoe, the human Sarah Pascoe was on there. And um, I thought Victoria Pyle did an incredible job, but I was, that was the hardest sort of time. That was way back. My daughter was uh, like eight months old when we filmed that. And I, I really appreciate them taking a chance on me, but I think I'm a really bad actress, really bad. And I don't think you're bad. I think, I think weirdly there was something about that show that didn't quite, gel and other things it was probably me no I don't think it was yeah I mean I hate to be such a narcissist but it's all me <laughs> no, I, I don't know I don't um, some of our friends are actresses and actors and that's cool because they're comedians as well yeah. but overall like if you're only an actor then what is that it's just like someone who's really good at telling a lie I don't like it I don't trust <laughs> them I live in the in this uh, North London neighborhood where a wonderful actress uh Anne Marie Duff. Oh, yes. Such an incredible actress. She's one of my neighbors. And I put like a thing through her door about baby classes when her baby was a baby and we were neighbors. And then uh, she was walking down the road the next day and, and looked at me and crossed the road and went, Oh, I could tell by the look on your face that you put that thing in my door about baby classes. And I was like, ah. And actresses are so good at, a good actor is so good at reading human interactions that they can see from across the street what the look on your face means and I always felt like oh my gosh they're spies she just saw you putting it through the letterbox she was watching no she's just such a good actress a really good and I don't I don't know how to do that so I don't trust them but but I think well it's interesting because I'm interested in comedian there's a lot of comedians do comedy for a bit and then they stop doing comedy and do other stuff completely they become actors or they become presenters or they do TV stuff but you, I think it's interesting when a stand-up stays doing, you know, they're doing all that stuff and that's fine because you mm-hmm. have to make a living and, and mm-hmm. it's a good way of getting people to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So, but you are carrying on doing stand-up, clearly. So you see yourself as a stand-up more than... Oh, yeah, yeah. I love stand-up. Yeah. I think I'm very great, like, privileged to be able to have people come see me on purpose. Yeah. But you see quite a lot of, you know, quite a lot of, whether... It's something interesting because I've been I've done like a lot of shows in a row and I'm thinking I might take a bit of a break from it just because let's see well what... no one's done as many shows as you if I'd done that many shows I'd probably take breaks <laughs> yeah. as well but, <laughs> like, uh, but you know, and I've toured every year since two, the year 2000 yeah so it's like I might not tour next year but that's kind of a weird thing to think but you know I think I'll always come back even though I spent a couple of years writing I think I would come back and do stand up again I can't yeah. I think that's the main job if you take a year off that doesn't mean you aren't no, doing no. stand up no of course not but but a lot but a lot of people take a long time away from it and some some come back to it and some don't but it's it's interesting to me that you would you know I think if, I just sort of think being a being a comedian is the best thing mm mm-hmm. And I don't understand why there's some comedians who sort of want to be musicians or actors or something else. You know what I mean? Do you kind they? Of think, 
Why would you want to... You're a comedian. You're already the best. We're like a lot of comedians get to the point where they want to be taken like seriously. And you kind of go, why do you want to be taken seriously? That's the, being taken seriously is easy. Oh. <laughs> do you think? I mean, being serious is easy. Being funny is, as we're, I'm just proving in this monologue. <laughs> no. Is, no, you're uh, funny. Is, well, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's, but it's, it's, um, it's a difficult thing. Like, you know, so like, it's, I, I, <clears> that's what I've, I've just sort of been thinking about that. But, I, I, but we had Kerry uh, Pritchard-McLean on uh, last great. week. Yeah, but mm. she's, again, she's saying, I don't want to act. She doesn't want to be in a sketch show because she wants to be... She, doesn't want to detract from the comedy as much as the, you know from being a stand-up comedian. Oh. All, I just thought if you become a stand-up comedian, you kind of won, haven't you? I think so. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that much. I think some uh, women, especially in America, sometimes if I'm gigging in LA, I, I do shows and there'll be. Well, no, I shouldn't say just women. It feels to me like women because I notice them more, but. There are actors who go, oh, I'm a stand-up. And I'm like, you are absolutely not. Like, you have five minutes to try to make yourself interesting, but you're not. And then uh, if you can do stand-up comedy, then you should, yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's because you want to be a comedian. Yeah, I saw a lot in Montreal. The first times we went to Montreal in the 90s especially. Oh, really? That it was a lot of people had five minutes, men and women, and they would... They were clearly auditioning for the sitcom. You know, they were going really? to Montreal, the Montreal Comedy Festival. And you saw, I saw a guy, the one that really stuck in my mind was a guy who was doing five minutes in a club and it was all very slick and professional. Then he made a mistake in the joke and he said, excuse me, <gasps> went back to the beginning of the joke, but also stepped back to where he'd been at the beginning uh. of the joke. So he, he'd completely learned this monologue. And, <laughs> and then that- when he made a mistake, didn't go, oh, how am I going to get myself out of this? Went, excuse me. <laughs> when I'm on a sitcom, you could just edit that bit out, and I'll just say it was. It was literally almost that. Is you know, he still around now? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recognise him if I saw him. So okay. he's probably in a sitcom. So it wasn't like it's probably Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Good um, for him. <laughs> um, as a child, like... I'm sorry. I'm going on to go on. Else. Go on. I, I'm interested in this because we're getting to the end of this, and I wanted to talk about this. As a child, you thought you would marry Adam Sandler. Oh, I did. Yeah. Who did I, I say that to? I don't know. I read it in the paper. I'm quite obsessed. It's true, with Adam I really Sandler. did. Oh, I'm not glad I good, did. Not in a good way. Uh, is would you what would what did you like? When, what did you like about Adam Sandler? Was this at the early stage of his career? The, did, did you see him in Jack and Jill and think I have to no. marry that guy? No, I was a child before yeah. that. I um, it's I was just showing my daughter Violet, Jim Carrey movies and Adam Sandler movies. Okay, and why she, have you put she done something wrong? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good punishment. I'm going to bear bear that in mind for my daughter. She loves them. Okay, and I think it's difficult when you loved music or anything really as a child. Films you go back to them now and you're a bit like, eh? But um, no, I had a such a crush on him and I loved. Um, the Wedding Singer was like the most romantic thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. I loved it. And you watch old movies now, and they're super problematic, especially for a feminist. You're like, well, uh, uh. but uh, and someone you, who isn't racist, and someone who isn't racist, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Ace Ventura! I watched last night with my daughter, and the transphobic undertones. <laughs> I was like, now Violet, you know, it isn't disgusting if somebody is born a man and then they 
spend some time. Yeah, but hey, in the I mean football. that you could do, you only have to go back five or six years to find. Oh, it's really I mean, if, if hard. That, yeah. No, I loved him, and um, again, it's the Jewish thing. Maybe, maybe I'm destined <laughs> to be in that culture. Um, no, I loved him, and then now I'm just glad I'm not married to anyone. <laughs> and I'm sure he's a lovely man, and he's really good friends with Judd Apatow. Yes. And so Adam Sandler was very. You know, his work was formative for me. I loved him. I thought he was um, sweet and funny and vulnerable. And I, his movies were great when they were great, weren't yeah. they? I mean, comparatively, <laughs> yeah. Compared to what he's doing now, they were amazing. Well, <laughs> but isn't that but, interesting? Like, but I, but no, that's what I'm interested in him about. And yeah. again, I'm interested in his comedic choices. And he is really talented. And when he goes and does a, mm. a, a not a serious film, when he does a proper film, he's really good at it. And so, but he's choosing for whatever reason. And I'm, I'm just fascinated about the choice. And, and it might be, hey, I, you know, I'm going to do this so all my friends get work, which seems to be part of it. Uh, and so they all have a nice time. It might be like a friendly fam- yeah. family kind of thing of looking after everyone. But so there might be a positive thing in there. But Jim Carrey now thinks he's like in a different dimension yeah. than us. And he's like, ooh. He was so rude to this waitress on getting in car- comedians in cars getting coffee. This waitress comes over and, and she's like, my name's Hannah. Or, and he's like, well, you think it is, but you'll find out different. And I was like, shut your whore mouth, Jim Carrey. Like, shut up. She's just a waitress, like, trying to live her life, like, dealing with... She's a single mom. Like, get your weird... Con- uh, I think it's dangerous to give anyone too much... Uh, freedom and money I think as soon as you go yes you're a genius you're a genius then how do they make art anymore I don't know well it's true well, and comedians especially because comedians right. are, you know because they have like a slight personality disorder of some kind right not all of us not all of us but you know there's a, there's you can understand why because I think when you go on and really get your first yep ridiculous laughs of people in pain and throwing their heads back and you know you've got them that's quite a power, you know that's a powerful place to be, right it doesn't happen very often to me but I, when I remember when it, when it happens you just go and you get to that bit and you go and this isn't even the funny bit yet you know and you've got an audience and you've, you've that is an amazing feeling you can understand why it would drive people to believe they were especially if they're taking a lot of cocaine uh, to, oh. thinking, to thinking that they're you know I hadn't considered that they were taking drugs as well maybe yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe like certain things in your life are important and useful at that time in your life and then they don't belong in the next part of your life. And like, I think it's okay that Adam Sandler, for example, for (laughs) me was so important at one part of my life and then, you know, he has other jobs now. He has kids and a wife and I don't know. Maybe there are people who still really fancy him the way I did when I was 12. I'm sure there are. Would you marry him if he asked you to marry you now? I wouldn't marry... Anyone, if they ask me, why would I marry someone? For what? Um, it's a good question, and now I've done it, I am thinking the same. Um, I don't I get it. Just nah, 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 until you know, I, I had to go. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> no, I don't get it. I don't. Oh God, she definitely will watch this one because she loves you. Damn. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'd marry Katie, but she's taken. She is. She'll know. I'm I'm very happy to stand aside as long as I'm allowed to live in the same house. Yeah. And I'll just stand in the cupboard. As long as you don't get in the way, that'll be fine. That's good. I I won't get in the way. All you'll hear is the... The dust. (laughs) 
As long as we have Windex, we'll be fine. Well, that's nice. Oh, God. There was so much to talk to you about, and I've got, we've got to stop talking. It's my fault. I keep talking No, no, it was, it, was, it was amazing. Um, and um, we'll, we'll have to get you back in another three and a half years to see where you are then. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Catherine Ryan! Thank you. You have been listening to Richard Herring's That's the Spare Theatre podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Catherine Ryan. The music you listen to it. Oh God, they put it on later. It's my pest. I'd like to thank everyone at the Square Theatre. I'd like to thank everyone at the British Comedy Guide. I'd like to thank everyone at Go Fast Scribe. I'd like to thank the audience who come to see. You're much better than next week's audience. I can tell you that. And uh, I'm indebted to my producer Ben Walker. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz. Go Fast production for the internet. Come and see me on the tour. Richtang.com. Thank you. Goodbye. 